Hi, thank you for listening to this message brought to you by First Baptist Church. Here at FBC, it's our mission to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ, and we hope that this message helps you continue to grow in your faith. This audio is property of First Baptist Church, but feel free to give away copies of this message in the hopes that others will be impacted by what they hear. For more information about FBC, or if you want to stay connected with us, visit our website at fbclloyd.ca or look us up on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks, and enjoy the latest from FBC. Good morning, everyone. And again, it's so cool to say everyone. (laughs) Um, It was my birthday this week, and some of you know that because somebody took it upon themselves to post it on our social media account. Um, I'm not sure who that was, and we'll uh, leave it at that, because if I find out, we might have to have words. But anyways, all of what you say was my birthday, but I'll tell you, you know, the best birthday gift is seeing you guys here this morning. It's been really cool uh, seeing so many of you coming out, and, and then... Um, um, some people that we haven't seen in like over a year that are finally able to be here again and, and so on. And it's just, that's so special for me. Appreciate that so much. Anyhow, um, we're starting a series this morning. Uh, it's a, a little bit of a series working into our, our summer series. It's a, a series on prayer. And we've entitled it uh, Ready, Set, Go. And it's going to lead us into a summer series that we're calling Prayers of Biblical Proportion that we're going to be looking at over the course of the summer. And for those of you that have been uh, here or, or following us online, you'll remember that we just came out of a, a series that we called Know Your Foe, where we were looking at Satan and we were trying to understand his tactics, his objectives, uh, and his strategies, how he goes about um, influencing us and, and trying to overcome us, defeat us in our lives. And we ended that series, though, recognizing that uh, we are victorious in Christ, that Christ has overcome Satan, and therefore we have victory in our lives. We don't have to be defeated. We don't have to be negative or or, uh, pessimistic about life, but we can be optimistic and enthused about life going forward, knowing that God has gone before us, he's defeated Satan, and we can have a life ahead of us where we can be excited to know God and to experience him in our lives. So we wanted to follow up that series with a series that we thought would help us to practically begin to put that in practice, to to carry that out, if you will. And so we wanted to do uh, a series uh, on prayer because we thought that that's one of the best ways that we could actually practically put that into, into practice. So we can grow in our relationship in Christ through this whole area of prayer. Now, I, am, I think uh, that we understand that when it comes to, to knowing God, and when it comes to sort of growing in our relationship with Him, that we should be reading our Bibles, right? Like everybody, that's a Sunday school answer, yes. And, and we also know that we should be praying, right? Yeah, okay, we get that. But I wonder this morning how many of us really realize and understand the opportunity given to us for prayer and the potential that exists within prayer, I think that it's a currency that we just don't really fully appreciate the value of. And I'm speaking to myself as well as I'm talking about this. And if we did understand it more, if we engaged in it a little bit more intentionally, a little bit more strategically in our lives, that we might uh, begin to to, uh, uh, see dividends 
experience dividends that would completely revolutionize our relationship with God and therefore then our lives. And so we wanted to take a look at this. Generally speaking, I think that we have reduced prayer to this idea of taking to God our wants and our desires, where we recognize there's things in our life that we would like to experience or that we would like to have or whatever, and we go to God and, and ask Him for those things. But as we do that, as we limit prayer to that, to that sort of parameter, if you will, if we limit ourselves to that limited, small aspect of prayer, then I think we forfeit the greater opportunity and potential in prayer. And we, we just therefore penalize ourselves because we, we miss this opportunity by which we can come to know and experience God in our lives now, and the difference that he makes for us day by day as we engage with him, his interaction with us, his direction and guidance in our lives, his provision for us in ways beyond just material things and so on. So as we begin this morning, let's just take a moment and pray and ask that God would come alongside us as we consider this whole area of prayer. So if you'd bow with me. Father, this morning, again, we just stop and we say thank you. Lord, thank you for so many blessings, not the least of which is these opening up restrictions and the opportunity that we have to gather together. And thank you for each one that's here and those that are, they represent. And Lord, I just pray that even as we come together, that we would experience you and the benefits that come as a result of our corporate gathering together. And that you would just bless each one. Um, Lord, and as we look at prayer this morning, Lord, it's, it's, a, it's one of those Sunday school topics, Lord, where, you know, we all know about it. And we all, to some extent, try and participate in it. And we think, um, Lord, that it's, it's necessary, but I don't know how much we really understand what you intend for us through prayer. What's there for us in prayer as we engage with you. And so this morning... Would you just come alongside us? Would you give us new insight and wisdom into this whole area? Would you give us new avenues and opportunities of en- engaging in it so that we would be able to, to experience the potential that exists there? So to that end, I, just, I pray for your participation here this morning. I pray that your spirit would work in each of our hearts and our minds, and I pray all of this for Christ's sake and in his name. Amen. Okay, well, this morning I need to just begin by saying that I don't think that prayer is an area that I excel in. And so as I look at this whole topic, I'm preaching to myself as much or more than I'm preaching to you. This is an area that uh, that I struggle with. It is something that I have to be intentional about growing in my prayer life. And so to that end, I've I've started to do some things along the lines over the course of my life to help me grow in this. Like for so for example, I set reminders in my phone now. This is, how, this is how bad it is. I'm trying to use technology to help me to pray. Yeah, so the old fart is trying to use technology. Let that just even be a, uh, you know, an impetus for you. That's how much I think that there's value in prayer. So I, I set reminders in my phone that would remind me about things that I've committed to pray about. And that comes up, and then, okay, I can engage in that. I, I try right away. When somebody asks me, if, if I would pray for something, I try and pray right away about that so that it starts to just set in in my head that, hey, I've got to remember that. If I say, sure, I'll do that, and then I don't do it or I can't do it for a while, I've got this propensity to, to forget it. And so I try and engage in that right away. 
And, and one of the other things that I've started training myself to do a while ago is, is I try and remember as a part of my daily routine, you know, like, I mean, they tell us that we're creatures of habit, right? And I think it's so true. But as a part of my routine, every morning now before I get out of bed, before my feet hit the ground, and I have to think about how I'm going to get out of bed now because my body's at that stage of life where I have to plan that activity. But before I even start and do that, I actually try and commit the day to God. Okay, Lord, this is your day, and I have this agenda, but I'm going to try and just park that, and I'm going to try and follow your so please show me. And I'm going to commit myself to that, and I'm going to commit myself as best as I can to the day ahead. And so I, I'm trying to leverage these different things in order to get better at prayer. And I work at it because it doesn't come naturally. And I hope that I'm not the only one that's in that boat. Because if I'm the only one that's in that boat, then it's taking you guys an extra three or four days to read through the Bible every year because of the verses that God's put in it for just for me. Right? Because there's so many verses that call us to pray as we look at Scripture. And so I don't know if you've ever actually taken a minute to, to do that, to just consider how much Scripture there is where God calls us to pray. Let's just take a, a really quick overview, just sort of a quick survey. 1 Timothy 2, verse 8 says, Therefore I want the men everywhere to pray, lifting up holy hands without anger or disputing. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 17 says, Pray continually. Ephesians 6, verse 8 and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all of the Lord's people. Romans 12, verse 12. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Philippians 4, verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Colossians 4, verse 2. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And then Luke 18, verse 1. Then Jesus told his disciples, a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. There's a whole parable in Scripture calling us to pray. Always pray and not give up. And it's the parable of the persistent widow. So that's just a taste. That's just sort of a sampling. It's by no means exhaustive. There's way more Scripture that calls us to pray than that even. And I think that God put all of these verses in Scripture because He knew that praying was not going to come naturally for all of us. I think that He knew that there would be some struggle, some challenge with that for each of us. And so regularly, over and over, He's reminding us that we need to pray. But I also think that every bit as much as that and more, that as much as God sees and knows it's going to be a challenge for us, but even more than that, 
that he's put these verses in Scripture, he's littered them throughout Scripture to remind us over and over to pray because he knows of the benefit, the blessing that we're going to receive as we begin to follow him in that. As we begin to be obedient in that. He knows the reward that is in store for us as we pray. And so he reminds us over and over, hey, don't forget it. Don't miss it. Remember to pray. Because as you do, you're going to find that it pays dividends that you didn't even really realize were available. As we just looked at Hebrews, as we just came out of that book study, we see the incredible opportunity that has been afforded to you and I today by Christ's death and resurrection. The author there just paints that picture for us. We have been saved from death for sure because of Christ's death and resurrection. That can't be overstated. But beyond that, even more than that, we have the opportunity now of relationship with God because of what Christ has done for us. Do we have this ability now, this opportunity where we can know God, have relationship with Him, that we can approach the creator of this universe, the one that knows you and I, that has designed you and I specifically, and that he's no longer this distant entity, he's no longer just some sort of an abstract thought, but that he can have, that we can have this personal relationship with him day by day by day by day. And while we can't overstate the benefit of God's um, provision for us in saving us through Christ's death and resurrection, we definitely do understate the potential and the opportunity that we have of knowing God day by day. We focus so much on being saved, but we underemphasize this opportunity that we have for relationship with God in our lives now. Listen once again, listen once more to Hebrews 10, verses 19 to 22. Therefore, brothers and sisters... Therefore, FBC family and friends, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened up for us through the curtain, that is Christ's body, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings. The author calls us, now on account of Christ's death and resurrection, because of what that has now opened and made available to us, for us to draw near to God. He calls us to draw near to God. And we know because of James 4.8 that when we draw near to God, then God will draw near to us. I've said it before. I want to keep saying it again. Maybe they'll put it on my tombstone one day. We don't know God because we don't engage with God. 
Our faith remains hollow, it remains shallow, it remains superficial because we don't take God at his word and we don't take him up on the opportunities to know him. And as we then encounter the difficulties, they won't put this on my tombstone, will it? It's pretty long. As we don't do that, as we encounter the difficulties of life, then we miss out and our faith just doesn't seem to be of any substance because we haven't engaged with God over this period of our lives, let alone in this, these challenging times. So we, we need to not miss this. We need to take God up on that, draw near to him, and we do so through the opportunity of prayer. Again, if you're like me, we hear this command from God, pray, pray without ceasing. In every situation, pray. And we interpret that, we understand that to be some sort of an arbitrary imposition by God on us. That he's doing this just because he has the authority to do it. That somehow he's some sort of a megalomaniac or something or other. He wants everybody focused on him. And we write it off then. We dismiss it as some sort of punitive command of God, but it's not. We need to remind ourselves of Romans 8.28. Once we get this through our heads, once we start to understand this, it makes the difference. And we know that in all things, in all things, God works for the good of those who loves him, love him. God is always working, always, every time, every way, every day, for your and my benefit. Always working towards our good. It's just who he is. It's the only way he rolls. But we question it over and over. And we've got to get past that. Put that on your, put that on your mirror every morning. God is working today for my good. So Until it starts to sink in. So together then, as we remember the opportunity that's been afforded to us through Christ's death and resurrection and the price that God paid in order to accomplish this for us, the death of his son. And then as we also learn, secondly, then to trust in God's benevolence, to recognize and remember every day that he's not doing this for kicks and giggles, that he's not doing this to make us just jump through hoops because he can, but rather that he has our best interests in mind and that he's working towards those things in us so that we can experience the blessings that come with this. Well, now, now then we start to understand that prayer is no longer just some sort of an arbitrary requirement demanded of us by God. That it's not something just imposed on us for some sinister reason. But rather... That it is the opportunity for obedience in our lives through which then God will pour into our lives the blessings and lavish on us the blessings that he wants to give us today for our benefit. Where we would realize a, a very real and tangible benefit in our lives today. So as you and I then seize this opportunity of prayer, as we engage in that, 
then we will begin to understand and realize the potential of prayer for us in our lives. That is, it comes on the heels of it. As we engage, we will realize. And in the highest terms, if you will, in the broadest strokes, the potential of prayer is this, that we would be made into the likeness of Jesus Christ. And at that point, we check out again, don't we? Because in our minds, we're not really convinced that we want to be like Christ. But when we become like Christ, then that's where we truly exist in our truest sense. That's who we really are in our purest respect that then that's when we realize the way we understand what God has in mind for us. Because that's his intention for all of us, is to be made into the likeness of his son, where we can then realize at that level the relationship that he has with Jesus that he wants also to have with us. And that's a complete mind blow. That we would know God in the same way that Jesus knows the Father. That we would have the fullness of life that comes from that. Now, Gord has preached on this before, and we're going to actually talk about this coming up as we look at Christ's prayer in John 17 over the course of the summer. So I'm not going to go a lot further than that this morning. But I want to challenge you today that being made into the likeness of Christ is not something that we want to avoid. That's not something that we should ever doubt. But that that is something that we should lean into with all our being because at that point, then I am confident, I am absolutely convinced that we will understand life on such a different level that it will revolutionize what we understand life to be. So don't, don't miss that. Now, granted this morning, that is kind of this 40,000 foot level view of the potential of prayer that we would be made into the likeness of, of Christ. So we want to bring that down a little bit, a few levels this morning and start and, and look at this in practical terms that would help us to understand how we can know Jesus on a, a personal level day by day what that looks like and just how we benefit from that as we engage in that on a more basic level. Sort of the, the steps, if you will, to that finally getting to that 40,000 foot altitude. So let's take a quick look at this. I want to start with this statement from E.M. Bounds, who some of you will recognize and some of you maybe won't. E.M. Bounds was uh, a fellow who started off as a lawyer back in the 19th century. Uh, after a short law career, he felt God calling him into ministry, and he um, became renowned for his emphasis on prayer and his focus on prayer. And he's written extensively on the area of prayer. So I want to begin this morning by uh, quoting him as he gives us kind of a foundational level for us as we look at this area of prayer. 
Ian Bounds says this, Faith is the essential quality in the heart of any man who desires to communicate with God. Faith is the essential quality in the heart of any man who desires to communicate with God. He must believe and stretch out his hands in faith for that which he cannot see or prove. Prayer, then, is actually faith claiming and taking hold of its natural, immeasurable inheritance. From this, we need to understand, Bounds is is just making it clear for us that faith is foundational to prayer. We have to have some level of faith to be able to be able to engage in prayer. And from that then, we should understand that the extent of our faith will also then determine the potential that we have in prayer. That as we grow in our faith, then we also grow in the potential of prayer. Okay? Now there's a danger here, right off the hop, if we're not careful. And that's that we would determine this morning that what we need to do then is that we need to grow in our faith first before we engage in prayer. That somehow then we would decide, well, I've got to somehow build my faith so that then I can start to pray. And this morning... I just want to say that that's an incorrect conclusion. It's improper perspective. It's misplaced. Because faith and prayer are integral to one another. Okay? So faith precipitates prayer. But at the very same time, prayer precipitates faith. So as we extend ourselves and trust in Christ, as we begin to make that move, then we should automatically begin to commune with him, to communicate with him. That we should naturally then reach out to him in prayer, to God in prayer. But as we then reach out to God in prayer, then our faith will grow as we employ it properly and well. So this morning... Can I ask you, where are you at in your faith? Have you come to that place in your life where you recognize who Jesus Christ is and you're willing to take that step of knowing him personally? Just like that young fella that Bruce just told us about in youth. Been through youth over the course of the year. Decided that he was ready. He's all in on Christ. Where are you at this morning? You say, Doug, I don't know. I'm still here. I'm, I'm listening. I'm online listening. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering about that. I'm interested. I'm intrigued. Do you have enough faith even this morning, enough faith to venture out to pray, Lord, if you're there, would you show me that you're there? Take a step, a little step of faith towards God and watch him take a step towards you. Now, I don't mean, hey, show up and prove to me that you're here. Just so you know, I hear that regularly. If God was real, he would just show up and prove to me he's, he's real. Like, I'll tell you what, he did that already. 
He came. Jesus Christ was the full likeness of God. He was here. He did miracles. We want to see God's power. Demonstrate to me your power. He, we did, he did miracles. People still didn't believe him. They loved the show. But they weren't ready to tap, step out and trust him as their Lord and Savior. I hope, I pray. And literally, we do. We pray as a church, as a staff. That God will be working in your hearts, that the Spirit would be moving in your life so that you would be inclined to, to, to lean in towards him today. So even at that, pray. Pray, Lord, I'm sincerely interested. I'm seeking. Are you there? And for the rest of us, that we would then leverage our faith, that we would stand on that faith and that we would step out and grow in our faith as we engage with God in prayer. We have to start with faith. So this morning, for those of us that have made that decision, I would encourage each one of us to also continue then to pray that God would grow us in our faith. That we wouldn't just stand on that, but that we would ask God that we would engage with him so that he would grow us in our faith. And I would offer to you the example of the father of the young boy that was possessed by the demon that we read about in Mark, verse, chapter 9, verses 20 to 24. So this, this boy was possessed by a demon. They brought him to the disciples. The disciples were having no success in dealing with this. And so they, they came to Christ and said, we've got this problem. And, and Jesus says, bring the boy to me. We'll pick it up right there. So they brought him. They brought the boy to Christ. And when the spirit, that is the demon that was in the boy, saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion and he fell to the ground and rolled around foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, the father answered. It has often thrown him into the fire or, or water to kill him. Jesus, God, Satan is trying to take you out today. We've talked about that. But if you can do anything, the Father says to Jesus, if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. And Jesus looks at the man and he says, if you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for one who believes. And immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. Church friends, family, whether we've been in the faith a day or whether we've been in the faith 40 years, there's still in our hearts and minds until Christ completes his work in us, we will still have an element of doubt that we have to continue to work out, literally, out of our lives. And I think it begins there as we pray and say, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Grow me in my faith. Show me another piece of yourself today so that I would know you more, that I would understand you more, that I would believe you more completely, that I would follow you more fully, that I would understand the potential of prayer more completely. So let's begin there and pray that as we believe that God would help us to overcome still our unbelief. But beyond that, it doesn't just end there. Beyond that, there are lots of other ways, specific ways, that we can engage with God 
daily, daily in our prayer life and watch him show up in ours. And let's take a look at those things now, quickly before we close. Starting, and again, this is not an exhaustive list. And as a matter of fact, what I've done here is I've tried to actually put aside all of the things, all the places where God asks us and provides for us to pray for things in our lives, to pray for his provision um, of material things or, you know, the, the needs and, and so forth of our, of our days and, and so on. But rather, this, these are things where we would know him more personally on a, on a relational level, if you will. So James 5, verse 13a, God asked us to pray for help. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. I don't know about you, but I encounter a lot of trouble in my life. Usually a lot of it that I bring on myself. At least Fran would tell you that. And, and you're saying, well, Doug, that's actually praying for something. That's, you're actually wanting God to just get you out of trouble. Yeah, and I'll, I'll grant you that. But I want to I ask you this. As you encounter the challenges of your days, the issues that you're facing day by day in your lives, would you just pray to God for help? and not outline for him the way that you want him to help? That as you encounter the things that you can't control, the health issues, the relationship issues, maybe the financial issues, what have you, that you would just go to God and say, Lord, you know my circumstances, you know my situation, would you please help? Because so often what we do is we go to God and we say, Lord, here's my problem and here's my solution, would you please do this? And then we sit back and we critique God. We put him in this box and say, help me, and this is how. And when he doesn't want to do it that way, when he has a different plan, then we get disillusioned, discouraged, frustrated, angry. And we pull away because he hasn't solved the problem that I wanted. Lord, would you please just help me to win the lottery? And week after week, it doesn't happen. And we pull away from God. Got this financial problem. Got this debt. Don't know how I'm going to pay my rent. Whatever it is. Please, Lord. Just 649. I don't even have to have the jackpot. Just give me four of the numbers. What have you? We get disillusioned we dis and, we, and we pull away. As we encounter those challenges of our lives, and we're going to have them, we know that, just go to God and say, would you please help? Help me then also to see how you're helping me. Help me to trust you, to just follow, and then watch as he provides for you in his way, in his time. Matthew 26, verse 41. 
Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. How many times do we actually pray, you and I, I'm asking, you don't have to answer out loud. How many days do we actually pray that God keep us from temptation? We struggle with areas in our lives, right? Sins, pet sins, the ones that I'm most prone to. And sometimes we'll offer up a, you know, that Hail Mary pass. Please, Lord, just keep me out of that. But do we get up every morning and say, okay, Lord, I struggle in this area. You know that I struggle in this area. Would you keep me from temptation? And what's more, would you also help me to avoid those things that are the traps that I don't even know that are coming yet? That we would begin our day with that and watch then God show up in our lives and all of a sudden as you go through your day and you feel this little nudge that maybe I shouldn't go this direction. Maybe there shouldn't, maybe I should do this. Maybe I shouldn't do that. Only to discover that he's been steering you through your day. That he's been walking with you. Caring for you. That he's real. Helping you to navigate through life better. Pray that he would help us avoid temptation. Philippians 4, verse 6, and now verse 7. We just talked about verse 6 before, but I want to add verse 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I don't know about you, but we're living in a a society where anxiety is running rampant. And we're not impervious to that as the church. Anxiety is an issue. But as we engage with God, then we will experience His peace as we go to him in the circumstances of our lives with thanksgiving and pray about those things that cause us anxiety, those things that make us anxious, then we open up this avenue for God to pour out his peace on us where we would know him providing for us in a way that's real for you and for me in a way that we understand that he's actually there. Pray for him for peace. James 1.5 If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Again, man, I don't know about you, but I'm so busy trying to be smart that I forget to ask God to help me be wise. And what's more, I want to be smart. But God offers us something even better. He'll offer us actually wisdom that flies in the face of conventional smarts. Let's let's engage with him. Help him, or allow him to speak into our lives. Give us insight. And then watch as we see him do that and then 
recognize the difference that that makes as we make a decision and we look back on it and we go, wow, that was, that was even smarter than I thought. It was wise. Listen to some of David's psalms and what he prayed in his psalms. Psalm 25, verses 4 and 5. David prays there, Show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are are God my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. Pray that God would guide you. Again, we want to go to God and say, hey, Lord, this is what I want to do. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to do the other thing. And just wait for a stamp of approval on that. But as you're, as you're trying to figure out your life, and even sometimes as you think you know where you're going in life, can I encourage you? Let's, let's stop. You and I both, let's stop and pray that God would guide us. Because he's got a plan for us. He knows where he wants to take us. He knows what is best for us. So it makes sense then that we would check in with him and ask him to guide us and direct us in that. So that we're not left trying to figure it out on our own. And so often then making the wrong choice, getting off the rails. Let's engage with him in that. Show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide and direct me in your truth, in your plan for me. Teach me. Help me to grow in you today. Psalm 51. David prays there, wash away my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Lord, uh, folks... So oftentimes, we struggle with our own on our sin, right? We commit it, and then the guilt and the shame wash over us and overwhelm us. And there's nothing like when we go back to God and we say, Lord, I dropped the ball again. Would you please forgive me? And you feel him lift that weight of that sin, that guilt off of your shoulders, and you feel his forgiveness. You know and sense that he's come alongside you and said, yeah, I forgive you. I forgive you. That's now the past. Let's move forward. Let's go on. Confess and experience his forgiveness in our lives. Psalm 51, verse 10, just a few verses later. On the heels of asking for forgiveness, then David prays this, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Again, God offers us, he wants to come alongside us and help us. Renew our hearts. Give us a pure heart. Give us that spirit so that we would be able to follow him more closely day by day. Have success, victory, over the sins, the temptations of this world. These are just tangible ways, a few tangible ways that God's calling us to engage with him, to do life with him. There's more. We could go on. We don't have time. The practical things, practical steps that you and I can take every day, every day, multiple times a day, where we can know God and experience him in our lives that he's real, that he's there, that he does care, that he is good, that he is great and can help us.
few weeks ago, I was working my way through Jeremiah, the book of Jeremiah. And I came to Jeremiah chapter 33, and you know Jeremiah is a, isn't always an encouraging book. And, um, but I was captivated by Jeremiah chapter 33, verses 1 to 3. And um, as we've been coming up to this series, I wanted to read them to you today, this morning, just as we close. There it says this, and Jeremiah was, I, I, I get this, I want to say, like, I mean, I get this, this was a specific thing for Jeremiah at the time. God was talking through Jeremiah to the people about his judgment that was coming on Judah and on, on Jerusalem specifically and on the king and, and so on and so forth. And, and, and the people were, well, particularly the mucky mucks at the time, the, the leaders, the king, uh, were, were ticked off with Jeremiah. So he's actually in prison right now as this happens in, in the court of the king. Okay, and so I get it. This was very specific. And so we can't just assume that this applies to you and I today in these kind of terms. God shows up for Jeremiah in a, in a very tangible way there. But the, in, the spirit of this is alive for you and I today. Uh, sometime I'm going to just actually, maybe I'll get the opportunity to preach on these three verses. It's just crazy if you look at them. It says this, While Jeremiah was still confined in the courtyard of the guard, the word of the Lord came to him. A second time. This is what the Lord says. This is God now talking to Jeremiah. This is what the Lord says. He who made the earth. God, you can't help but see God's goodness. You can't help but see his love for us in this. And that God himself shows up and, and just for Jeremiah, he gives him his credentials. That, that God would condescend I can't read it in the small print. Thankfully, I put it in the bigger print. God condescends. In the most beautiful way, he shows up, God of all creation, and he gives to Jeremiah his credentials. This is what the Lord says. He who made the earth the Lord who formed it and established it. The Lord is his name. That's who I am, Jeremiah. This is me. This is God speaking to you now. He says, verse 3, Call to me. Call to me, and I will answer you. And I will tell you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. I've adopted that as kind of my prayer thing my goal to grow in prayer. That I would be like Jeremiah. That I would... Oh, sorry, this is gross. You guys, poor people. Zoom out on camera. I want to be that guy. That I would call to God. And that God would show up. And teach me all these things that I do not know. The things about myself that I don't know. The things about where we're going in life 
personally, as a church, as a country, all these things, that he would show me stuff that he's doing, all these things that I do not know, that I would know him better, though, that I would know his participation in my life more, more dif- definitively, and that I would be able to follow him. I trust that I pray that much more closely. Feel free to adopt it as well. Jeremiah 33, 1-3, that we would be that people that would call on God, that would invite him to speak to us and to show us what we don't know so that we can do life with him, for him, and as a testimony to the world around us. Let's pray. Father, this morning again, as we go out from here now, I pray that as you've been working, as you've been talking to people this morning, you in your spirit to their spirit, that we would now just go out from here, and, but that we not just go out from here, but that we go with you. That we, that we wouldn't leave what we've heard from you this morning behind here today, but we, that we would take it with us. That you would help us now to engage in this opportunity of prayer, that we might know the potential of prayer, that we might be different people that we would be more like Christ, that we would know you better, that we would follow you more closely, that we would be able to represent you well to the world around us. And I ask this all in Christ's name again. For his sake alone. Amen. Really good news. Thanks for sticking with me today. Really good news. Pastor Bruce is preaching next week. Can I get an amen? Yeah, amen. And he's got a special treat for you. It's going to be a little bit different, so uh, don't miss out on that. You're going to want to be here. If you can't be here, tune in, but you're going to want to be here because it's going to be even that much more fun and exciting. So don't miss out on that. Until then, though, go in prayer. Thanks for being here. Don't forget to register. 